Hey, it's Chris, the supply chain doctor and host of Supply Chain is Boring, bringing insight into the history of supply chain management and exposing you to some of the industry's thought leaders and driving forces. In part two of this two-part series with Rodney Apple, he continues sharing his insight into supply chain careers and career management strategies. It all sounds pretty boring. Let's see if Rodney can prove me wrong. If you enjoy the content on Supply Chain is Boring, be sure to subscribe and leave feedback wherever you listen to your podcasts. So Rodney, I could listen listen to you for days. I mean, I, I've got two or three <laughs> other topics here on podcasts for you, but I want to talk a little bit about your podcasting because obviously as a, as a fellow podcaster, I appreciate what you're doing, but more about, I think, the message that you're trying to get out there. And it's interesting to me because I'm a part part of my listenership here is is people that are either want to be supply chain professionals or transitioning into a supply chain career, and I think that's kind of what you're trying to help there with uh, on your podcasting as well. Can you take a few minutes just to talk about your podcasting and what you're trying to achieve? Yeah, yeah. Back to the story I was I brought up uh, over a year ago when Mike came to me. Hey, I've got he called me like on a Saturday and um, said, "Wow, I haven't heard from this guy in a while." And <laughs> And so we, it kind of started with this one idea and I thought, well, we're going to need, you know, if we're going to publish this periodically, we're going to need stories because people are going to get, you know, tired of my voice and your voice. And so, uh, and so I said, well, you know, we could do a podcast and that's just a wonderful way to interview people. And so that's kind of where the idea started, uh, but then it took a life of its own and, and a mission of its own. And, and we, as we looked out there in the podcast landscape and there's just some wonderful podcasts out there, yours included, Chris, and, 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 and all of the folks over at Supply Chain Now, uh, if you're not dialed into to, to your podcast, you know, you guys are doing tremendous work. But we wanted to focus on the people and the talent side. And so we started thinking about, well, you know, who's our audience and how can we help? And so the audience, we thought, is could be anyone that is even remotely interested in a career in supply chain. And, and let me take a minute to talk about that piece, because uh, I think so many folks get into this and they... They don't take the time, they go to school, they get the degree and everything is academic and they don't take the time to reach out. And I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of people don't. And I think it's important to understand what are the different jobs and career paths and what's a day in the life like of a demand planner versus a buyer versus an analyst. And we wanted to hit that audience, people that are just thinking about it. They heard it's a great place to build a career. So come here, we're going to be sharing stories from, from all aspects of supply chain. We really, truly want to cover uh, everything under the sun there, you know, whether it's on the shipper side, you know, manufacturers, retail, wholesale distributors, that, that'll include e-commerce, of course, as well as the service providers, technology, consulting. And then you've got all these supporting casts. Supply chain could not be successful without us folks in HR and recruiting. We've got finance and uh, everything from legal to environmental health, safety, sustainability, the technology. You've you got to think about the, what I call the supply chain supporting cast. So we want to cover, cover the full audience. Um, so then, you know, not just students, but uh, the, the biggest body of people that could probably use some help is, is on the professional side. So those that have entered the workforce uh, really up until they retire, you know, and, and so most of it's towards professionals and then we'll have some content towards, towards executives as well. And then you think about the other side of the spectrum. We know there's a lot of pain and suffering going on on the, uh, you know, call it the recruitment side, uh, hiring side. And we are experiencing uh, what right now, it's unprecedented in my 20 years. Um, we're just hearing a lot of stories, a lot of pain, 
a lot of clients just can't find talent fast enough, the right talent. And we're seeing compensation levels go through the roof. I have not seen anything like this in my career, Chris. It's, uh, you know, what companies are paying people to lure them away or, or the incentives or the flexibility. So companies are getting a lot more uh, creative. Uh, so we want to cover ideas, um, tactics, tips, strategies, really, that can help employers improve their ability to, you know, attract, source, hire talent. And then once they get them in the door, how do you develop? It could be leadership development programs. How do you develop those frameworks and put a plan in place? That was one thing I did at Home Depot. I kind of was, it was, a, it was a guinea pig trial and we put a leadership development program together and, uh, you know, small and kind of learned a lot about what not to do. <laughs> so, you know, mentorship programs, you know, the, of course, the big corporations have a lot of the stuff in place, you know, workforce planning, all of that. And, but a lot of small, mid-sized companies don't, and they just, they may not just know what they don't know. So we want to help employers get better and up their game when it comes to talent and building organizational capability. And that's the other audience that we serve. So students, professionals, employers, and, and we've got some big ideas for the future. We're just getting started and uh, we're looking forward to helping as many people as we can and doing, again, doing our little part to help this industry thrive. You have some very, very interesting and I, I would say high level guests on your show so far. I know, it, I know it's early, but it looks like you're going through your Rolodex and it's, it looks like a pretty good Rolodex, my friend. Well, thanks, Chris. Uh, you know, work in this space long enough, you, you do get to, to come across a lot of great people. And we truly want to cover, you know, all industries. We want to cover different uh, functional and specialist type roles. And so if somebody wants to get a sense of what are the jobs like and what do you do, what do you enjoy, what do you not like, <laughs> it's always important. You come along and you can find that. Um, we're, you know, we're not, you know, yes, we've had a lot of executives on and we've kind of started there because you know, they're going to have a, a, a long journey to talk about and uh, great success stories. Um, but we're working our way, you know, down through organizations and through the Rolodex, if you will, because, uh, you know, we want to talk about, hey, here's, let's talk, interview an analyst that works in transportation. You know, what's that like? Uh, let's talk to uh, somebody on the carrier side. Let's talk to somebody on the ocean side. And, you know, we're, it's going to take a while, but you know, we're going to cover all facets and uh, we'll continue to bring these career enhancing stories and and we'll have guests on the show that, you know, on the employer side, maybe get somebody, well, how do you design a leadership development program for supply chain? Uh, what are the do's and don'ts? How, how do you make it successful? You know, so those types of programs, initiatives that companies can implement to up their game as it relates to, you know, supply chain talent. So in our last few minutes, Rodney, I'm going to ask more question. I'm going to put it on more on the emphasis on the student or the, the professional perspective as opposed to the company perspective. Sure. Um, one thing I heard in your, and I'm not going to answer the question for you. I'm going to give you an answer and then see if you can come up with that same answer. One of the themes I hear from your interviewees is mentorship. They always talk about mentorship, among other things, but that's one of the things I heard. So my question to you is, is a lot of people listening to my show will be interested in making a transition into supply chain management or you know, getting a, a career through college in supply chain management. What suggestion do you have, again, just briefly, on what, what a student could do while they're in university or what a professional could do to transition? Yeah, so starting out with the students, you absolutely, uh, I like to look at two big things here. Uh, think about your network and put a plan together. 
students get wrapped up into the curriculum and um, you know all the fun things that you do <laughs> in college. I probably did too many of those, but uh, it's my GPA. But you know, you really need to be thinking forward uh, about your career. Uh, of course, you're going to focus a lot of your time and effort on making great grades. That's that's you know you have to do that, right? Getting good internships. But it all starts, uh, you're going to find that, uh, hopefully you're going to find this out. Some people find out the hard way though, Chris, in that it's not just what you know, it's who you know. Uh, that saying is, it rings true. It's a hundred percent fact. And there's no better time to start building your network uh, than in college and setting up a LinkedIn profile. I've had students tell me they're required to do that um, before they graduate. I think that's a great thing. All universities should require that part of the career services office uh, and benefits they offer. I know they focus on that, helping out with a resume and the LinkedIn profile, but you know that's step one. And then thinking, um, put some thought into the type of careers. And I think you need to be thinking about, you know, studying trends. Um, there's some jobs that, you know, one day could go away with all the automation and robotics and AI and machine learning. And and there's plenty, plenty of careers there, but it may be different in the operations side. If you've got lights out warehouses that everything is, you know, there's no one there uh, other than to service and maintain the equipment. Uh, so just put some thought into that. Uh, no one has a crystal ball. We don't know where everything's going, but you can kind of get a sense if you just, uh, you know, keep a pulse uh, on, on what's going on in the marketplace. And then get a sense for the kind of work that you might like doing. You know, you could, of course, get a good sense of that through internships, but as part of building out your network, you know, connecting with people um, in different facets of supply chain. And, um, and, and one great place to start is really uh, with your alma mater. And so let's say if you're going to Michigan State, you know, they produce a, a large crop of graduates every year and, and an alumni network there is extensive, um, but every college is gonna have that. Even the ones that are new, um, eventually they'll have a good alumni network and LinkedIn makes it super easy to identify those folks. You don't have to know them. They could be 10 years uh, graduated ahead of you, um, but people tend to want to help others out uh, from their college. And so start there, start building a network. And I would say even conduct some little, I call them, you know, exploratory interviews. Hey, I'm, I'm looking at a career path, maybe in the same area that you're in. Let's say you work in SNOP and I'd love to learn more about it. Could you help a fellow uh, Spartan out? <laughs> maybe we could set up a 15 minute call and I'd just love to hear what you like about your job. How did you get the role? What do you not like about it? What's a day in the day like? Um, and, you know, maybe conduct some of those types of interviews so you can start getting a good sense of what the job really entails. You know, certainly you can read a job description, but there's no better place to learn than have somebody tell you directly uh, what they do and what they like, what gets them out of bed every morning and so forth. And that's the big thing that I think a lot of students miss because if you come, you graduate with an existing network, you know, you're going to have a lot more paths. You're going to have a lot more people that can help you get your foot in the door. And I would also, as you think about the careers or the type of jobs, think about the companies. Think about companies, you know, that have great cultures. Uh, maybe, you know, you have to think about your geography. Where do you want to live? What are you open to? Uh, the more open you are, the more doors you're going to have to, to tap on and knock on. Uh, so think about those things and, and look for the high growth companies. Look for companies that have progressive talent management. When I say progressive, I've worked for places where, yeah, you know, you have to, you have to be in your job for two years before you can even apply to another role. And I, I mean, that is just, uh, that is backwards. You know, if somebody comes along and bangs it out in six months, they should be promoted. And if it takes a year and a half, then you wait till then. So look for companies that, you know, are really good. Uh, they don't have a lot of turnover. They have a great story. 
you're passionate, you should be passionate about the products or services they provide. And, you know, sometimes you can look on LinkedIn too and get a sense for how fast they promote people because people change jobs. It'll have the dates on there. Uh, so look at, you know, run keyword searches if you want to work in logistics and get a sense for the people that work there. What has been, you can look at their career path on an individual basis. It takes time to do that, but that can help you figure out the types of companies you may want to work for. Obviously, you know, look at industries that are thriving and that there's an ebb and flow there. Pandemic, there were winners, food, beverage, CPG, uh, anybody that made hand sanitizer, PPE equipment, healthcare, of course. And, and then there, you know, there, there were losers, unfortunately. So no one has a crystal ball, but try to position yourself into companies that you know, will take good care of you and, and treat you not like a number, but as a valuable asset. And then I think for those that are transitioning and we are getting a, an abundance of calls from people that work in other industries, they now they know what supply chain is and they know it's a hot area and they're trying to get in. And it can be difficult to transition, you know, and, and especially if you want to try to make a at least a parallel move, you know, lateral or if you want to try to make a move up, that's almost impossible, right? So you have to think about what are my, the skills that I'm good at and which ones are transferable, like what types of jobs can these skills transfer into? So if you're a finance person, there's finance all over supply chain, <laughs> every, every aspect, finance and accounting, you got to track, track the, the dollars and cents as they flow, you know, from suppliers through manufacturing, uh, production logistics, all the way to the end customer, even sometimes oftentimes back uh, on the reverse side. You know, if you're in HR, you know, there's an abundance of HR opportunities out there supporting. I mean, when I say spot chain, I'm referring to operations, manufacturing, that's how I look at it. It's all encompassing. So uh, look at the technology, right? There's an enormous amount of technology in supply chain. If you work, uh, let's say you have a military background and you worked in the, in the logistics side, which a lot of what the military does is getting you know, the right gear and equipment uh, into the right place at the right time for uh, those, those fighting our wars and protecting our country and, and so forth. Uh, and that is very uh, applicable and transferable experience. So that's, you have to think about that. And then you have to get really good at crafting your resume and trying to showcase those transferable skills. But you've got to work your butt off when it comes to networking. You can't just apply online you know, a lot of times people just see they're looking for that relevant experience and something significant. It applies to their pain and problems and, and the roles and responsibilities. So if you don't have that, you're at a disadvantage. Um, so and then look at continuous education. Obviously, Chris, you're obviously very, you know, you're you're um, you know, tightly uh, integrated with, uh, you know, the APICs and the certifications and all that good stuff. So think about that. You know, I, I do look at those APIC certifications as the gold standard. And they've done a tremendous job over the years with putting the right curriculum in place, aligning with industry needs, and they're continuously changing that. Um, so it, uh, it it aligns with the ever-changing careers and evolving careers in supply chain. So look at those certifications. Um, they can absolutely get your foot in the door. And I'll tell you, as a recruiter, I look at job descriptions, um, you know, thousands of them. And more often than not, companies do at least prefer those certifications. And then there's so many programs that offer online degrees. If you want to get continuing education, you can certainly take courses. Um, that's another good thing that you can do. You know, we talked about mentorship. I'm a, you know, you, you don't need a formal mentor. Um, you know, I had one guest on from McKesson that she goes, you know, I'm, I'm just not a big believer in the formal. And I was kind of like, really? <laughs> I've, I've never heard that before. And she goes, no, 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 let me, let me explain. And she said, I have a network of uh, like confidence, people that I can reach out to at any time. And then I started thinking, you know, I, that's more like my style too. I've, 
if I ever have a challenge or a problem, I need to run something by, or I need help developing a gap in my skill set, I, I know who to reach out to and I'll lean on them. So think of a mentors as, as just people in your network. It goes back to networking. The two go hand in hand. If you've got a good network, you're going to have people you can reach out to to solve all types of issues and problems and grow and develop. So just think of it that way. No, a key point there is mentors don't have to be older than you or above you. I think it can be anybody that you can learn from. Yeah, anyone that you can learn from. I've even seen a lot of companies put, uh, I guess you call it reverse mentorship programs. You know, uh, some folks that have been around the block for a while, uh, like uh, you and I, Chris, uh, you know, we may not be um, in the most savvy with technology. I certainly won't say that about you as one that it works in that space. But uh, for me, you know, uh, and others, you know, we may not have, uh, you know, we're not born with cell phones in our hands, like some of the younger generations where they just come out and a few years age, I've got a three-year-old and she's over here zooming through YouTube and, you know, they just learn so quickly at that age. So you think about older folks reverse mentoring with the younger generations and you can, you, you know, you can learn from those uh, younger generations too. So it doesn't have to be, like you said, you know, looking at the gray haired person in the room, well, I need to go to that individual, anybody you can learn from that qualifies as a mentor or a coach. Yeah, agreed. And that's something I'm learning again, as I said, later in my career. So I've got a, we're going to wrap down, but a uh, wrap up, but I've got a few things. I mean, I could listen to you for obviously for a couple of days here, but maybe I'll just keep playing this podcast on my recording. But um, one thing I got to give a shout out to my colleague, Greg White, and something you had mentioned, but he rephrases it a little bit. It's, it's not what you know, it's who you know, that you said that. He likes to say, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. So that's, and that's all part of the networking thing, right? So it's- That's right, that's right. There's the, I look at things, you know, if you look at things from the marketing lens, like a marketer, uh, they, they tend to break it down into inbound and outbound. So inbound is, is the things you can do to attract people to you and ideally your target audience. Um, so whether it's target employers or recruiters, um, you know, let's say you're in sales, obviously you're looking for customers, sharpening up your profile, continuously improving it. Don't, just don't put it together and let it sit there and collect dust. And you've also got to be active on these platforms, wherever your audience is located. If it's Twitter, then, then you go there. LinkedIn, you know, is, is typically where you'll find most people though. And I always emphasize, you know, probably want to spend most of your time there. So get your profile set up. You know, if you have, happen to be active in a job search, have your resume in the right places. You know, we do have a job board at, at Supply Chain Careers and just getting started with it. So uh, it does take a while to get those up and running um, as we're finding out. So put your resume in the right places. I'm a big fan of the niche boards and I'm, I'm not saying that because I'm biased and I, and I own one. You know, those are good places. Um, and then set up those job alerts as that's another way to, to attract um, not so much your audience, but attract the right jobs to you. So even if you're passive, you're not looking, the market is on fire and it would be a disservice, uh, not unless you're like completely happy, you're hitting all your goals. I mean, you know, that's great, but you just never know when that dream job, maybe there's just something you've had a, as a goal. Like, I'd love to work for this one company. Uh, maybe you set up alert for that one company, or maybe there's 10 of them. And you just never know when that dream job's going to come along. And it's better to at least know about it than not know about it. So inbound, attracting people, your audience to you, and, and the types of jobs. And you can set those alerts on an ND. They crawl all the career sites for most companies. That's a great place to start. And then LinkedIn, of course, is another one. And you enable those to come to you. Then you got the outbound, and that goes back to the outreach. Again, we talked about how you can you know, easily reach into your alma mater. 
I always tell people to start there. Start with your friends and your colleagues, you know, your former coworkers. You know, I love to play this exercise. I call it, and I even have our team do it. Let's uh, let's see where they're at today or something like that. Let's get into LinkedIn and let's just look at people that we've connected with and see where, see where they're at. I love to go in and look at people that I placed 20 years ago at Home Depot or even Coca-Cola. Uh, people move around and just to see where they're at today. I've placed people as analysts into Home Depot that are now chief supply chain officers 20 years later. If people are moving, especially right now, they're getting lured away. They're getting poached with incredible compensation packages, you know, life-changing <laughs> some of these packages that I get to see. So you got to reach out and not just connect with people to have a digital connection. Oh, I've got 30,000 LinkedIn connections. So what, what are you doing with that network? I'd rather have 5,000, you know, that match my audience and, and I stay in touch with them versus, you know, trying to build 30,000 people like to brag on that, you know, well, what are you doing with that? How are you creating value uh, for them and, and yourself? So it's not about the numbers, uh, it's about the quality. And it's more importantly about maintaining and nurturing and adding value. Don't just check in, hey, I'm just checking in. If you have any new opportunities to consider me for, you know, try to check in with something, uh, you know, hey, I saw this article or I saw you posted this article. Wow, that was fantastic. Hey, I have a perspective I'd love to share or, you know, I have a question I'd like to ask. Those are some of the things you can do to add value to your network and always be thinking, how can I help that individual? Don't be thinking, me, 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 what can you do for me? It goes back to my entire mantra of, of helping and giving back. And if you do it right, you do it proper. Uh, everybody makes mistakes. You know, we forget to call someone back and I'm guilty. Um, but if you do it and, and you make that uh, the essence of uh, what you're about, um, and I'm not just saying for me as a person that's kind of on the sales side, uh, if you do that as a, as a uh, and you look at the executives in that C-suite, you know, a lot of people get there because they take that approach. They build networks, they help people. They help bring them up the elevator. You know, they try to send it back down and bring other people up with them. And uh, that's a, tr a true sign of a great leader. You know, you've got to do those things as well. So inbound, attract people to you, and then outbound, go after the people that you want to be associated with, and then try to add value through networking and mentorship. I'm a big fan of networking. I, and I understand it's more of a, a, a behavioral profile. Not everybody's good at it. But I think it's something you have to do, especially in career management. But one thing you talk about, in your other videos and shows is, is don't, don't wait to the last minute for networking. You, you don't wait until you career. find yourself, you know, you've got a pink slip in your hand and, oh, better start networking. Uh, that's the number one networking mistake. Always be networking is my philosophy. Always try, it, you know, it doesn't mean you have to, you know, have, have some goals. I mean, everybody's got different goals in life and then put a plan together in writing and then stick with it. Maybe it's, um, I'm going to go to, now that we're moving past the pandemic, knock on wood, I'm going to, I'm ready. If a client tells me, can you come visit my office? I'm like, I'll, I'll clear my calendar for tomorrow. Everybody's ready to get out and do it. And even if you're an introvert, you know, there are, you know, you just have to put a little bit more effort into it. Right. And maybe you start small, like, you know, with the, on the digital side, and, you know, LinkedIn again is a great platform for that. But maybe you take those, especially if you're you know, doing it on the local basis or your target market where you might be trying to relocate to or employers that you're trying to get a foot in the door, you know, then you try to set up those coffee meetings. I guarantee you people are going to be more obliged to get together now than ever before after sitting at home for so long and things shut down. So just keep that in mind. Now's a, now's a great time to start getting back out and networking um, as we move through the course of the tail end of this pandemic, hopefully. Thank you again for that uh, referencing the APICs as being the gold standard in certifications. I'm, I'm actually a, uh, uh, an APICs facilitator 
for the education. So if you have any, anyone has questions, certainly give me a shout there. And one thing I do know about the APEX uh, body of knowledge is I don't think it's going to make you necessarily smarter, but what it does from my perspective, it, it says something about you as a person that you're willing to make that investment of time and resources to make yourself better. That's exactly right, Chris. And, uh, it may not be needed or right for everyone. Um, it just depends on what are your goals. And I mean, if you're already hitting your career goals and you're happy in life and covering all the spectrums of finance and family and spiritually and, and so forth, you know, you have to evaluate what do I need to hit my goals? Some people are a lot more driven and than others. Some people are completely happy being an individual contributor. And guess what? There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. You know, we're all here to, to do what we need to do and want to do in life. And if you do need education, though, uh, they, again, they, you know, big fan, huge fan. And I think it is a great place, you know, just make, make sure you for it before you jump into it, though, you evaluate, is this going to, you know, which type of certification, right? Or if you're looking at continuing education, you just got to make sure it, it aligns and then look at the cost benefit, you know, certification programs, there's a cost there, but you go back to uh, Ivy league school and uh, go to the executive MBA, you know, you're looking at a, a at, uh, at a huge investment. And you know, there's so many people drowning in college debt, unfortunately, you, know, you really need to do your homework before you jump into a commitment like that, because uh, it can drag you down um, if you can't recuperate and get that all important ROI, that return on your investment. So those are great things to think about as well, Chris. Yeah. And anybody has questions on specifically the APEX certification, certainly reach out to me direct LinkedIn. However, I know you've been on another supply chain now show episode 333 yeah, back in May of 2020. So if you like what you've heard from this, this interview, I appreciate you sharing your time, Rodney. If you like what he's talked about so far, I encourage you to check out that, that episode. And Rodney, you're, you're, I talked with my colleague, Scott Luton, you're coming up on an, on a supply chain now show over the summer. Yeah. He's putting, um, he just started putting together this, uh, some kind of, I think he's calling it the supply chain now Academy, if I recall. And he's going to have two or three panelists that talk about different things. I'm, I'm looking at the track that's on the, of course, like, you know, job search strategies and career development. We haven't really fine-tuned the subject matter yet. We'll be working on that here soon. And he's got a couple of other speakers in mind that have uh, different material they're covered. So we're in that initial stages. I want to say that's going to be held on July 29th. Haven't started promoting that um, yet, but uh, I'm waiting for more instructions from uh from Scott and uh, looking forward to uh, partnering with him. I think the world of those guys over there and Scott and Greg and the whole team. So very much looking forward to that. Well, great. Again, thank you for that support. I think that's going to be a great supply chain Academy. It's going to be a great initiative. Again, you can hear Rodney's got a lot of passion. He's got a lot of uh, ideas. He enjoys sharing. And that's something that I picked up from just listening to your podcast, which I encourage everybody to go check out, sign up, register, whatever you do with podcasts and, and check out some of your videos uh, from Apex. So, or ASCM. So Rodney, appreciate your time. Thanks for uh, sharing with us. Thank you, Chris. Very much enjoyed the conversation. I appreciate you having me on your show. Uh, supply Chain is Boring. Supply Chain is Boring is part of the Supply Chain Now Network, the voice of supply chain. Interested in sponsoring this show or others to help you get your message out? Send a note to chris at supplychainnow.com. We can also help with world-class supply chain education and certification workshops for you or your team. Thanks for listening. And remember, supply chain is boring. Well, I've taken awesome. enough of your valuable time. I appreciate it. Hope you don't charge me extra. <laughs> no, this has been a pleasure. I, it's it's fun. I've 
it's yeah. given me, you know, recruiting, you know, it's just after you do anything for so long, you, know, you, you kind of get a, a little bit of burn. I know a lot of people burn out in this industry and uh, this just gives me kind of a new lifeline and, and I've, I've had a blast doing it. I've, I'm trying to get better at it like we all are, but no, it's been a pleasure, Chris. And if I can do anything to help you or, or anybody in your network, you know, just let me know.